Vegas is Atlanta. The food, the wine, the entertainment, the lifestyle. This is Belinda Skelton's Atlanta Living, sponsored by Vane Innovations. And a happy New Year's Eve to you folks. This is your Atlanta Living New Year's Eve edition of the show. And we're going to just absolutely blow it out. I know the weather's kind of icky, but listen, it's all happy and warm and bubbly in the studio here. I have Craig Torres, who owns uh, Hop City. And your locations now are where, Craig? Well, we have three right now. Uh, we have the one, the, what I call the OG, if you will, over on the west side. Uh, 1000 Marietta Street, where Marietta Street meets Hal Mill. And then, of course, we also have our Crog Street location over at Crog Street Market. Uh, we're having a heck of a time over there. Oh, yeah. Uh, the food's great. Uh, the neighbors are fantastic. And uh, my guests are fantastic, too. Uh, and then our third store is over in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, so I'm wearing my red shirt. Uh, not saying I'm supporting one side or the other in today's Peach Bowl, but... <laughs> I don't have a store in Washington State. I'll just leave it at that. Oh, my gosh. You've said it all right there. And we have Nick Purdy with Wild Heaven uh, Brewery in Decatur. How you doing? Good. And you have brought some great beer with you today. And one of my favorites is what? I think you like the emergency drinking beer. I like the... It's, listen, it's a bright yellow can, simple with black writing, and it says emergency beer drinking. Or emergency... Drinking what? beer. Emergency yeah. beer drinking it, it's beer. It's based off of an old like uh, like World War II U.S. Army ration Surplus, can. It just yeah. said emergency drinking water, and we just picked up the design from that. I mean... Every refrigerator refrigerator needs to have one of those in it. So you go go by and uh, get it from Wild he- Heaven, and I haven't really had that much. So uh, and JP Watts, uh, one of my locals here in my side of the hood from Scofflaw Brewing. Welcome to the studio. Thank you. And you just opened back in the spring. In the fall. In the uh, fall. Um, the end of July, first of August. Okay, and you're going gangbusters. It's going well, yeah. <laughs> and you gave a tour to a group of us about how you actually brewed your beer and what went into actually brewing beer, and I was amazed. Good, yeah. We like to, um, I mean, I guess maybe because we're new, we're so eager, so we like to share our story with the people in the tour. So we probably drag our tours on a little bit more than other pe- breweries I've been to. Uh, but, yeah, we, we do that, you know, so people enjoy our tours because of that, I'm sure. Well, it's part we get, passion, yeah. part chemistry, uh, biology. I mean, it's it's unreal what goes into a can or a bottle of beer. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, Nick can speak on that, too. And when I first got into beer, I didn't realize. I was like, yeah, beer. You just throw some stuff together and you got alcohol. And then <laughs> I remember I first visited uh, Sierra Nevada years ago. And it just was amazing how many people they had there with doctorates, you know, scientists working there. You know, so it, it takes a lot of science to go into good beer it's the perfect marriage of art and science yes okay so craig torres uh, in the metro area per se how many breweries do we have in the metro area now at last count and i I, if i'm forgetting anybody i apologize but we have 17 metro area breweries grief um, and uh, statewide, we're actually pushing 50 breweries this year, which is fantastic. Uh, I will say, as a beer year, uh, 2016 was a little slow. Uh, we only added... Really? Can you believe it? Four uh, four official breweries and, and a cidery. 
Well, so. last, la, not last year, but year before was a huge year. Oh, yeah. We opened a, quite a few in 2000, both, both 14 and 15, saw quite a few breweries uh, join the ranks. Uh, this past year, uh, Scofflaw obviously being one of those, right. we're, we're thrilled to have them for 2016. Congratulations. Happy Thank New you. Year. Congrats. Um, and I'm really excited about, uh, it's funny to really, to call Nick the old guard, because really they haven't been around that long, five, six years, but... Um, you know, he's he's the fifth oldest operating brewery in the state of Georgia now. So that kind of makes him, you know, sort of the granddaddy, if you will, of the uh, of the recent craft beer moment. Granddaddy of the new kids. Exactly. <laughs> granddaddy he's the oldest the of the new kids. Okay, so how have the laws... Uncle. <laughs> <laughs> uncle, Nick, uncle Nick, I like it. How have the laws changed as far as craft brew and what you're having to go through to produce it? Well, it's funny. Say, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this over to Nick, who's very active in uh, in legislation and, and trying to get the laws changed. Uh, ironically, nothing officially changed in uh, 2016. However, we did see the implementation of something that really went into effect in 2015, um, and we ran into some enforcement issues in 2015. That's but what it, I thought. Yeah, but we really saw 2016 to me was a landmark year for Georgia brewing. Well, I mean the main thing to know about breweries in Georgia is we are the only breweries in the entire country that are not allowed to sell the product that we make to people that walk in our doors. So only business friendly Georgia. So if I'm taking a Georgia. tour of your brewery, I can't walk out with a 12 pack. Well, technically, no, you actually can't. You can walk out with a six pack up to 72 ounces, which equals a six pack. Okay. But you're not buying the beer. You're buying a tour. Uh, and the law says this explicitly. When we give you beer to drink at the brewery, you are giving you free beer. Okay. You paid for the tour. Okay. When you take beer to go, that is even defined as a to-go tour. And I'm giving you major air quotes yes, on that. Yes, you are. <laughs> Where? I didn't see them. Okay. So can you uh, say I'm from out of town and, and I really love your beer and I can't get your beer in my town. Can you mail me... Your... Absolutely not. <sighs> totally illegal. Nor can I, ironically, as a retailer. Um, in fact, it's illegal in Georgia for you to receive or send uh, beer any alcohol. You can can do wine up to a case a year. You cannot do beer or, or liquor. Wow. So we operate under some constraints. Yes, you do. Uh, folks, if you have questions about beer and the constraints that we're operating under, but we're also doing a great job with what we have, 404-872-0750. That's 404-872-0750. Our next hour will be all about wine, and we'll do the profiling then. But right now, this half hour is all about beer. And we're going to be telling you the beers that you need to be drinking uh, if you are drinking tonight. Absolutely. I do have a couple of New Year's favorites um, for okay. those people who want to celebrate in a, in a beer yeah, kind of Yeah, what would be a beer that's kind of a celebratory beer? So I'm going to give you three great options, two of them sitting here at my table. But I'm going to lead off with my favorite, we, we call them refermented beers, things that actually pop in the bottle much like you would a champagne. So uh, Deus is a, a classic um Belgian choice. Uh, it is champagne refermented, so they actually put champagne yeast in that bottle and allow it but to refermented. But it's re-ferment. a beer. It is a beer. Uh, that said, if you open it at a party, it will pop open much like a bottle of sparkling wine will. So uh-huh. is it going to taste like a beer or is it going to taste like a champagne? Well, I'd like to think you can have your cake and eat it too. It, it will, uh, it'll taste... Um, I like you, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it will be sparkling. It'll, it'll be uh, effervescent fizzy uh, and it will have uh, a distinct taste of Belgian yeast. So we, I often describe that as uh, maybe clove or or bubble gum, um, but it's very dry. It's not a, not really a sweet beer at all. So it, um, it, you will think, if you closed your eyes, you would think you were drinking a sparkling wine. 
Okay, have we tried that yet? We haven't. We haven't tried that yet. I, well, I'll I have to bring that on. Well, I don't sitting there yapping <laughs> your gums while we're talking about it. <laughs> now, Belinda, I did bring an awful lot of beer and wine to drink today, <laughs> yes, so you, <laughs> you will not want for anything today. Yes, you did. Okay, what are some of the others that we're trying? So so one of the beers that I'll be drinking tonight, um, God willing, will be um, uh, the Invocation from our friends at uh, Wild Heaven. It is a Belgian-style golden ale. It is light in the glass. In fact, that was our, our, our warm-up, our radio warm-up beer said, today. Laid in the glass. Light, light, light in the glass. In it's the light glass. in complexion. In fact, we're, it's. I'm holding it up right now. It is. Uh, uh, I would describe that as somewhat straw colored, um, and it also has um, a little bit of additional carbonation. It is just absolutely delicious. It's. Uh, it's on the sweeter side of beer, I would say, um, but it's not heavy at all. I taste some honey. You can taste whatever you want, <laughs> and you are not wrong. But there's no honey in the beer. Okay. Okay. Now, when you come up with the flavor profiles that you want to hit on, how does this happen? Because, I mean, people may taste things that, like you said, that aren't in there. And you're like, okay, weird, go for it. You know, beer is a food product. Um, It's different than wine in that way because, you know, you cook the grain and you add hops, which are a flour, actually. Uh, you, you can add fruits, spices. Uh, the yeast itself is is a deep part of the character. So yeah, it, it's imagine making soup, and you can kind of just go any direction you want. When somebody says to me, "I don't really like beer," I'm thinking, "Nah, you do actually, because you like food. You've just been exposed to a very narrow slice of what beer can be. We're going to show you a few other things, and almost invariably, somebody goes, "Oh, well, I like this." When you right. take them into a new place. Okay. Do you have you before set out to have one? flavor profile that you're making and by the time you're at the end it's not at all what you started out as not so much you definitely learn things through test batching and then you might uh change a little bit you know what you might want it to do you might switch out an ingredient because one acted maybe in a way that you didn't expect okay but generally you know where you're going okay that sounds good so um did you just pour a little of the well, I poured a little bit of my uh, my second recommendation for this evening. Okay, okay, what is that? So I'm a big fan of contrast, you know, the yin and yang, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, so my other beer, my second beer for uh, New Year's today is going to be a brand new can offering from our friends at Scofflaw, and that's going to be their interrogation coffee milk stout. Um, now, pass it down, please. All right, here we go. Okay, Sorry. what's the name of it again? Uh, it, it's the interrogation, and it is, um, so a, a milk stout is, is one of my favorite styles. Uh, so we put, uh, when I say we, I mean the brewing community uh, puts uh, milk sugar in that beer, wow. lactose. Uh, and that lactose is a non-fermentable sugar, so it ends up staying behind in the beer instead of fermenting out in the, okay. in the, the fermentation I'm process. I'm going to try it. Do I, do I slurp it like wine? I, uh, <laughs> yes, you have to. Um, no, it's, uh, so, so lactose leaves behind a, a really fun sweetness to the beer. Uh, and, oh, it and does. It definitely... Re- tastes a, a, a lot of coffee it does. undertones. So, pic- picture that as literally coffee with cream in your beer. So it is a dark beer, uh, but it's not heavy by any stretch of the imagination. And Ta- I love me- the can. This is how... I, I'm such a girl. This is how I pick <laughs> out my beers. Oh, cute label. Uh, so, JP, tell us a little bit about this one. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, this is um, our... Uh, you know, we wanted to do like a, a stout, but try to do something a little bit different. So coffee seems to be a big rage. So we decided to uh, get some local coffee to uh, get some local coffee. And we actually uh, make the beer through the whole process and then cold steep it like a cold brew coffee for four days. One pound of coffee per barrel. Wow. So I always like to think it drinks like cold brew coffee. I would agree with that. A little bit lighter body 
for a stout, like you're not getting a, as much yeah. full body. Any caffeine in this? Uh, I don't know. I would imagine technically there is some caffeine in that. I, I wouldn't think it's a lot, though. No. Okay. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to speak, speak with Jeff in Peachtree City. You're listening to Atlanta Living, Oleo News 99.55 and AM 750 WSV. Now more of Belinda Skelton's Atlanta Living. And welcome back to the Saturday New Year's Eve edition of Atlanta Living. And I couldn't be more happier to usher this year out. Kick it to the curb and usher 2017 in. I'm ready to see 2016 go. Let's go back to the phone lines. We are talking beer and wine and the beers for this hour that you need to be drinking for New Year's Eve. And this is Jeff in Peachtree City. Jeff, you're on WSB. How are you tonight, sweetheart? I'm fine, Belinda. I just want to say I've been listening to you since the early days of you, Neil, and Royal. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, you too, sweetheart. Glad you called in today. Okay, how can the guys help you? So I've been to Belgium, and I've had a lot of full-bodied ales, and have been to England, and a lot of full-bodied bitter, and have had a lot of full-bodied beer in the U.S., and I'm wondering what makes something one and not the other. So that that's a great question, and um, so there's a lot of labels in the beer world. Some of them are fair, some of them are not fair. Uh, some of them are legally required, as uh, we were talking before the show about how um, every can or bottle of beer in the United States has to say one of three things, uh, lager, ale, or beer. Um, but the truth of the matter is beer is sort of an all-encompassing word. Uh, anything, um, any of the beverages that you just mentioned, are, they're all going to be considered beer. Um, ales, specifically, are going to be those that are um, top-fermented. So it's really about the yeast that goes into that beer. Um, and then in contrast, lagers are going to be bottom fermented. So, uh, well, the actual taste of those may sometimes blend together. Typically, lagers tend to be a little lighter and a little crisper. Uh, ales can really be almost anything at all, anything you want them to be. Um, and now a bitter is a very specific kind of English-style beer. Um, and it tends to be characterized by a little bit of amber color in the glass. It can be anywhere from golden to amber. Uh, and they tend to have a little bit of hot profile, but not nearly the hot profile that we're used to in this country when we talk about, say, an IPA. That's all perfectly accurate. Well done. <laughs> well, thanks. It's almost like I do this for a living. Yeah. Does that explain it well enough for you, Greg, uh, Jeff? It does. Thanks for clearing that up. Absolutely. Yeah, you got it. No, I, I will say, uh, and Jeff, I'm glad you brought this up. I think one of the underserved, underserved categories in this country is the English-style bitter. Uh, I would say we used to see beers like that uh, here. Something like Pete Wicked Ale was a good example of a, a great English-style bitter. Of course, they're out of business now. Um, and I kind of miss that style, and I, I would love to see one of my brewing friends here at the table one day bring back a bitter. Without giving too much away, I can tell you that that is a style we're thinking very hard about right now. We agree. I think you gave it away. Oops. If you're ever over in England, uh, look for flowers, the brand flowers, if you really want a full-bodied knock-you-off-your-stool pipe. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Jeff, and thanks for your continued listening. Uh, it's 27 minutes after 1 o'clock, and we are having a great time here in the studio. We are talking beer and wine, and this hour we're talking the beers that you need to be drinking for your New Year's Eve. And coming up soon, we're going to be switching gears to the wines that you need to be drinking on New Year's Eve. And then we're going to be doing our wine typing with our wine Jedi, and that is most, most uh Listen, you're the wine Jedi. Uh, oh, wait. Oh, that's me. <laughs> Greg, it's you. 
that's where you call in and, and tell the one Jedi how you take your tea or coffee in the morning, and he picks out the most suited bottle of wine for you per your taste and it's it's very popular so uh if you want to start thinking about that and jump on the line at 404-872-0750 that's 404-872-0750 you can reach me at wsb belinda and on my website at belindaskelton.com we'll be back with more atlanta living right after this WSB, depend on it. Live and festive in the public's Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. This is News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And this is Atlanta. The food, the wine, the entertainment, the lifestyle. This is Melinda Skelton's Atlanta Living, sponsored by Vane Innovations. And we're doing some good living today on Atlanta Living. This is our New Year's Eve edition, and we are getting you ready as far as beer and wine goes to celebrate and ring in the new year tonight. And we're talking beer. This is our last segment with the beer guys, uh, Nick Purdy with Wild Heaven and Decatur, and J.P. Watts, my neighbor, uh, Scofflaw Brewing, and Craig Torres. He's the glue that holds everything together. Uh, with Hop City, and you have three locations right now. We do, yeah. Um, Alabama, and then two here in, uh, really, in town Atlanta. Okay. Anything else on the horizon? Well, maybe. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. spill the beans. We are opening our, our brand new adventure uh, up in Avalon. Oh, uh, in cool. Alpharetta. Yeah, so that's going to open April 13th of this year, and so that's really all I've been working on lately, almost nonstop. Uh, it's going to be called Barley Garden, and it's going to be a... Uh, Barley Garden. Barley. Barley, barley. like, like, the, uh, like the beer ingredient. Yep. Get it. And so it's going to be both a restaurant and uh, and a beer bar. So we uh, we want you to come up and see us uh, when spring arrives. And I think you're going to find both a lot of Wild Heaven and Scofla on track. The OTP crowd is very thirsty. You will do great. It, it'll be our first adventure in Atlanta, at least, outside the perimeter. And we're really excited about it. Now, remember, I was with you when you were... Just wee little Craig. Don't forget the little people. Oh, I'm, I'm still pretty wee. You know, I'm, I'm just five per eight. So, I mean, it's, I haven't grown any, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. Let's go back to the phone lines. We're talking beer with Charlie in Loganville. Charlie, you're on WSB. How are you today? I'm great. Um, it's awesome to be talking about uh, one of my favorite activities. Um, I love the explosion for the craft beer scene, especially here in Atlanta. But um, my question is this, like, seasonals i love the seasonals and then they're gone and then i don't i have to wait a whole another year to see them like hop city will they be carrying seasonals maybe longer than the breweries do well that, that's a great question now i think some of the the glory behind a seasonal is the fact that you can only get it once a year um i i love the idea of having a winter beer that i i, I like you know um, I hear Nick makes one that's really good. We make our Ode to Mercy special winter ale, and, oh. and every year when we make it, we're like, oh, we should make this all year. So we're right with you, but then we don't because yes, we got to keep it special. I love the Ode to Mercy. <laughs> right. Yeah, the Ode to Mercy winter's great. I had one on Christmas Day because it's so good and it's really holiday appropriate. But that said, uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So I think you're more likely to go back and repeat by that. Uh, that yeah. same beer, or maybe two or three of them, if you know you're only going to have one shot at it a year. And I think agreed, a lot of breweries have, agreed. Yeah, they figured awesome. that out along the way. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't love, love that time of year where you get to buy your first six pack of Sierra Nevada celebration, which I oh, bet you yeah. guys have both been doing as oh, you know yeah. for a long time, like I have. Is that a new beer? <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. Yeah. There's some old ones that are good, Craig. It's not all about yeah. the latest I, thing. I'm teasing. I have some in my fridge. 
Yeah, it's, I love that. That's a really good one of my. I look forward to yeah. that time of year every year for that it, one. Exactly. So that to answer your question, I think that's uh, we try to buy a, a fair amount of those beers to keep them around maybe a hair longer than you might see them elsewhere. But uh, we yeah. agree that that that's really part of the seasonal fun is just having them around for for a limited amount of time. Uh, it's great. I, I I love what you guys are doing again. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking my call and Absolutely. Uh, yeah, prost everybody. Okay, yeah. prost, prost indeed. All right, guys. Uh, Nick, you're stranded on a desert island. Yes, ma'am. You can only drink one beer the rest of your life. Wow. That is a tough question, which I have answered before. Oh, dang, um, I thought it was original. I have not revised my answer, though I think I probably would if I had time to think about it. But I'll tell you what's been my answer for a long time. It's a beer called um, Le Fin du Monde, and it's made by a brewery in Canada called Unibrew. And what I love about Le Fin du Monde, which is a Belgian golden similar to the invocation of ours that we tasted earlier... Is it's 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 big and it's light and it's it's effervescent and it's meaty. It's hoppy and it's not too hoppy. It's it's like that beer for whatever reason hits this magic sweet spot of everything all at once. So that's why I'm like I could actually drink this kind of forever. Okay, Craig, I know that your mind is reeling. I've narrowed you down to one. Yes, uh, I I often say my favorite beer is the one I'm drinking now. Amen to that. Uh, But that said, I I have answered that question before, and I I think my answer is going to remain the same, and that is Allagash Curio. Um, Geographically nearby, uh, our our friends at Unibrew, but it's over in uh, Maine, Portland, Maine. And uh, Rob Todd is probably, no offense to my friends at Wild Heaven, the um, greatest Belgian-style beer maker in America. We would agree. And he is a, uh, so this is a Belgian-style Trapel, aged in bourbon barrels. So you get a lot of that uh, fun vanilla woodsiness that you want out of a good bourbon barrel beer. Uh, but again, powerful and light, I think, is, is the key. And I think Nick hit that on the head. Okay. Cool. All right, JP. I think my answer is a little odd because people who have um, had an opportunity to sample or to get to know Scofflaw, know we brew IPAs. Um, we've run 13 beers, and nine of them are hoppy IPAs or pale ales or doubles. But there's just something about Chimay Blue. It's a uh, Belgian quad. It's just, it's always been really, I love that beer. Um, we don't make Belgian beers, but that's one that is really, really good for me. That's an all-timer. That yeah. is a great beer. Uh, uh, I, now, Craig, I, have you popped the one that you said that had the beer that had a little champagne in it? Uh, the Deus, uh, I have not here at, on your show, but I'll have to bring that in another day. Oh, but. so you we were talking about it, and... But you didn't bring it. I didn't bring that one, only because I brought... Uh, <laughs> well, you, you have to understand, Belinda, we, we've we've already been drinking in the studio for about 45 minutes, mm-hmm. and uh, we have another 45 minutes to go, okay, and, and I haven't know. even touched the wine stuff, and I have uh, a couple bottles of bubbly on the table and okay, a Riesling, just, because I know you, know, you love it. It um, just sounded so intriguing, I just wanted to try it. That's all right. <laughs> it, is, it is in my fridge now for New Year's Eve, and, and it is something I do almost every year, because it is a, a good counterpoint to the, the, the champagne that may elsewhere be... Um, be featured uh if it's okay belinda i'd love to talk about some of the other new breweries that have uh popped onto the scene this year um i'm very excited about abby the holy goats uh, they are <laughs> up in roswell i know right it's a funny name um, i love the names of these breweries they specialize in belgian beer as well and i think it's interesting to note that everyone who brews beer for abby of the holy goats is a female and uh while that should not be noteworthy i think it is it um, is and <laughs> it's also the first 
and only female-owned brewery in Georgia, which is also really important. I agree completely. And uh, so we were, love to support them, and I think they're making some great, interesting beer. Uh, they're gonna ha- they already have a barrel-aging program, and I think uh, we're going to see some of that come out in 2017, and I'm pretty excited. Uh, Arches, down in Hapeville, uh, they're over by the airport. They're making—they um, do a lot of lagers. Uh, they do a Pilsner and a, the one called the Unseasonable Lager, which I really like. It's really clean. Um, but we really haven't seen— anything outside of the Pilsner category typically in, in uh, Georgia. So it's fun to see somebody who focuses on lagers. Um, and so they're worth noting, and I think you should go check them out. Uh, we already talked about Scofflaw quite a bit. I, I'm so excited. So so Travis, who works uh, on your team um, and you know owns owns the place with you, right, JP? Um, he spent a lot of years working at in uh, California, in Santa Rosa. Yep. Tell me something about that. Uh, well, we were fortunate when... Um Matt, who's our owner, we decided to um, get into the brewing business after spending years in the retail side. We knew neither one of us brewed. We just had a passion for beer. So we said, let's find the right brewer. You know, we want to do wild ales, uh, barrel-aged beers, and IPAs. So through a mutual friend, we met Travis Herman, who was uh, working at Russian River at the time. And we're lucky enough to sucker him into moving to Georgia, I guess, you know. So and it's been good so far. We've got two of the three boxes checked off. We haven't started a wild ale program yet, but it's in the future. Very cool. Um, so uh, another new one this uh, this year has been Left Nut Brewing out of Gainesville. Um, it's unfortunately named, <laughs> but the <laughs> Left Nut. But the beer is very good, uh, and uh, we're excited. They're they're sort of a, a jack of all trades, if you will. So they they do an amber and a, a pale ale and an IPA, and um, I, I would say the usual suspects, if you will. But not, but they do it very well. Uh, and then lastly, here in it, we, we mentioned this briefly, Urban Tree Cidery mm-hmm. uh, over on the west side as well, really right up the street from Monday night. Right. Um, they're sourcing all their apples from the Mercier Orchards. And they're near doing near my a, house, my hometown house. Indeed. Uh, so uh, Georgia grown apples, and but made locally here in Atlanta. And they're, they're very much worth checking out uh, over on Hell Mill. A um, couple other developments this year. Uh, we're, we're seeing an increased focus on sour beers and barrel aged beers. So if you have not heard, uh, the Woodlands is opening next week. Uh, it's a, the new Sweetwater Project. They put a humongous expansion on their brewery, which was already pretty big to start with. Um, and it's just an absolute beautiful, really um, impressive facility. Six footers, footers um, which are humongous sort of wooden tanks. And uh, so they're going to be making sour and just other barrel-aged beers out of those. Uh, and they have tons of other barrels, specialty barrels in there. Um if you want to get married in 2017 in a brewery setting and don't feel like seeing my friends at uh, Wild Heaven or Scofflaw, you should definitely check out uh, Sweetwater. It's, um, it, they have a tap room in this new Woodlands facility that is devoted to these specialty beers. Oh, wow. It's very impressive. It's, it's, Freddie's really outdone himself this time. Um, and then Monday Night Brewery is opening uh, a new facility over on the West Side Beltline, um, and that's going to be also focused on barrel-aged products. Um, that's probably not going to open in 2017, but I know they've started construction already, so that's pretty exciting. Um, and then I think lastly, you guys hear about uh, Mitch Steele's new project? <laughs> yes, we have. Okay, so so Mitch Steele is uh, he's the brewmaster over at Stone, or at least he, he, he's been responsible for a, quite a few of their beers, uh, Stone being uh, one of the preeminent um Sort of, we'll call it aggressive beer makers in America. Uh, so he plans to open a new brewery on the Beltline, 
And uh, I don't think he's broken ground on that, but that's pretty exciting news that somebody from who's that famous in the beer world is actually chosen Georgia for his next project. He literally wrote the book on IPAs oh, for yeah. the Brewers Association. So yeah, the the that, that's a pretty big deal. When he just announced he was moving here, people were like, "What? Yeah. Atlanta? You're it was like, awesome." Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. It's so uh, definitely exciting, man. It yeah. puts us on the map in a, in a big way. So well, see, I think it's neat that y'all are excited when more competition comes into the mix. Well, I think it's interesting to note that despite all the growth we've seen, we're still only 48th in this country per capita in terms of breweries. So uh, that's, is that near the bottom? Oh, it's yeah. pretty close to the bottom. That, that's 50, we still have about 50 states for yes. the time being. Yes, unless uh, Puerto Rico adds, uh, <laughs> adds in. Uh, yeah, that puts us near the bottom. So, so we have. Atlanta still has room to grow for more breweries to come into. Oh, tons the city. more. Yeah. Blend, do you know why we love new breweries? Why? It is because at the end of the day, craft beer is still this fast-growing part of a much bigger beer market. And most Americans have still only ever had a Bud, a Miller, or a Coors, and they've never had a craft beer. If you said the phrase IPA to the average American, they don't even know you mean beer. For us, it's like the center of our life. Mm -hmm. So every day that another brewery comes out, we're converting more people. Excellent. And this concludes our segment on beer, and we're going to switch gears to wine. So, Nick Purdy with Wild Heaven, where can people go if they want more information on your brewery? Wildheavenbeer.com and any of the socials at Beer Wild Heaven. All right. And J.P. Watts, how about Scofflaw Brewing? Uh, uh, Scofflawbrewing.com and then Scofflaw Brewing on all the social medias, uh, Instagram. Is it a goat? It is a goat, yes. I See, I won the bet earlier. It is a goat. It is a goat. Okay, great. All right, you're listening to Atlanta Living. When we come back, we're going to be talking about wine that you should be drinking in the next few hours for New Year's Eve party. Stay tuned. You're listening to Atlanta Living, only on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And welcome back to Atlanta Living. I'm your host, Belinda Skelton. And this half hour, we're going to be talking about wine and doing a wine typing for you. So the way this works, and so I want you to go ahead and start getting on the line, is you call in and tell us how you take your coffee and tea in the morning. Whether you take your coffee with maybe a little honey, a little sugar, or totally black, or you put stevia in it. Um... However you take it, maybe you take your tea in the morning and uh, you put a little sugar, you put a little stevia in that. And then uh, our our Jedi, Craig Torres, is going to type you with the perfect glass or bottle of wine. And I've never, ever seen him miss the mark. So lots of pressure on you but you do have some wines that while people get on the line and that's 404-872-0750 that's 404-872-0750 people that say i just haven't found that perfect bottle of wine for me or they've been drinking the same bottle of wine over and over and over they need to branch out and find something new this is perfect for them so 404-872-0750 so, but you do have some great bottles to recommend, just in general, to drink on New Year's Eve. Absolutely. So we uh, obviously we associate New Year's Eve with uh, sparkling wine, as yes. we should. <laughs> and I know that's what we'll be opening one of those tonight too. Uh, even in addition to the the day use, I didn't bring the uh, the beer, um, but I did bring today to the studio a couple of my favorite under twenty dollar bottles of bubbly for New Year's. Mm-hmm. One oh. of those I see I, I buy all the time. It's 
So if you if you've given your sanctions over it and blessed it, <laughs> I'm good with it. Yes. So uh, so the La Marca Prosecco is uh, is one of those. It's um, I mean I can't speak for it everywhere, but uh, at Hop City that's uh, 11.99 a bottle. Uh, so it's inexpensive and uh, so. Prosecco, as I'm sure some people know, some people might not know, it is sparkling wine. Uh, so champagne, which is the word we most frequently use, is actually specifically a region in, in France. And if you're not growing your grapes and, and producing your wine there in that region of champagne, you really can't call your sparkling wine champagne. So Prosecco is actually um, made slightly differently. We can talk about that if we want to get wonky with it. Um, but yes, bubbly out of Italy. And it's delicious. It is. And, and Does only- it have more sugar in it? Uh, typically, Proseccos tend to be, because they're a little younger, they don't ferment quite as long, they tend to be a little sweeter. Oh, great. More sugar. Okay, you're listening to Atlanta Living, only on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB with Craig Torres with Hop City. We'll be back with more of your wine choices for New Year's Eve right after this. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.